Hello, and welcome to Weed and Grub. tour dates to start the day this comes <laughs> out uh 517 uh glazers after party at the comedy store 10 30 p.m an amazing lineup lisa traeger carrick lank from that's messed up holy shit a great podcast and then at the end of may the 26th which i think is memorial weekend or something uh in san diego at the adams avenue theater with the gateway show and billy anderson Ooh. Hey, I think we got to sell out a 500 seater. So if you live in San Diego, please come to the Adams. And then um, a couple other shows, but the big one I'm stoked on, 613, Neil Brennan and Friends at the Westside Comedy Theater. It's a new material show put on by Neil Brennan every Tuesday. I am only doing new material, so please come see people like Neil Brennan and I do that material, 613. What else is going on, Mary Jane? Exciting. Uh, I also wanted to shout out a new cannabis awards show, the MJs. It's our friends over at Fairchild, Dave and James. They've started up uh, in conjunction with MJ Biz. They've got new awards happening, and there happens to be an award for best cannabis podcast. So I wanted to shout that out because I would love to encourage people to go over there and nominate us. There's a Google form that I will link that I will link in the show notes because you do fuck all around here, Mike. I don't do that. <laughs> just it's an equal it's an equal opportunity podcast everyone we share all of the duties i'm just poking fun um anyway <laughs> getting negative right up top shots fired but no shots please fired. vote for us we are um yes going to share a link to that so y'all can go in and nominate your favorite brands and all sorts of stuff for your favorite cannabis activists and everything for awards at the mjs which is going to be a black tie affair this november in vegas and i would love to go whether or not we win whether or not we're nominated even i would like to just go and kick it well, we'll be nominated because everyone who listens to this will go to that link that you put out there. That's right. And uh, vote. That's right. Vote, vote, vote. Cool. I think those are our plugs. I like plugs up top. Plugs up top. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. I'm not a, not asking for consent. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, what? Just plugging. Okay. Just pegging and plugging. Whoa. Spicy. Boom. We in here. Okay. Yeah. What up, uh, Mary Jane? How's it going, Mike? So good. Welcome to Weed and Grub, everyone. This is a podcast about comedy. Cannabis. Cooking. Culture. Calling shit out. And for me, yo, um, Denver. Yeah. And for me, uh, fucking celebs. Yeah. Denver and celebs. Yeah. We had you have a, had a celeb studded, uh, week. I had a starry weekend in LA and you had a different kind of starry weekend in, uh, Colorado. Yeah. I, for everyone listening, I will say I landed, uh, not too long ago, back here in LA, Mary Jane, you picked me up from the airport. Thank you very much. I scooped you up and delivered you straight to your bed. And I, I mean, I wasn't there when you got in your bed, but I took you to a house where I assume you went to bed. No, no, no. You carried me <laughs> up my stairs. I, I wrapped you in like a little burrito. And I remember you used to do that joke about your, uh, wasn't it an Uber driver? Yeah. I, if I would pay extra when I'm drunk, if the Uber driver would come brush my teeth for me and <laughs> tuck me in and kiss my little forehead. That's a nice tip. How much would you pay for that service? I, that's a... 70 percent tip that's it like cash it, that's a cash tip too no but if you if you got to order it in app because you don't have cash right what, is that like a 20 dollar add-on 
um per a la carte like the i think the head kiss would be like five dollars uh the tuck-in would be 15 the toothbrush is probably like a 30 to 40 yeah that's like a health hazard so yeah it's gonna be like you gotta have like osha requirements and shit you know mm-hmm. they and then have like latex gloves and a face mask <laughs> get really? real weird yeah and then if you have to put the um and then if they like nuke a burrito and fill up a water and put all of the essentials next to your bed so yeah. you can wake up and do it all that's like probably you know you're looking at a hundred dollar take care of say, me fee a hundy a hundy yeah okay Hun- take care of me fees straight hundy <laughs> <laughs> i like it it's a very cool idea well while we're talking about tech i wanted to talk about uh w- one of the stories that caught my eye while you were in colorado and i was tooling around on the internet i saw the this story about self-checkout machines that are now asking for tips do you know about this well can i clarify can you clarify what a self-checkout machine would be be in like this case when you were at the airport and you bought a bottle of water and a gq to get on the plane with uh-huh. did you interact with a human well two things about that <laughs> one is no two uh-huh. is i don't pay for anything at the airport oh okay no, we've steal, gotten in fights about this i steal everything oh i steal my, my water Good. i even i know we'll get to denver in a second That's bad but um i um i rode the train i was supposed to pay for a ticket and mm-hmm. i just acted like a uh, traveler who was like oh did i walk by that where do i get that and they're like oh this guy yeah and, and so then, i didn't pay for any travel uh Yes, you did, because we were on the phone when the conductor came around and you were like, I have to call you back. And the conductor made you pay. No, he didn't. He made me download an app. And uh, then I looked at him with big doe eyes and uh, played the fool. Why? And, and then he he never came back. And then I deleted the app. Oh and then God. on the way back today, I got dropped off at the airport by or at the train station by Corey because it's mm-hmm. a 40 minute train ride every 15 minutes. And I got on there and the dude had a bunch of cool face tattoos. And I knew we were going to be homies because he looked like a hype beast. And I, he looked at me. He's like, do you have your ticket? And I was like, dude, I don't even know what's going on right now. Like, where do I get that? I don't live here. And he goes, if you come back, buy a ticket. If not, don't worry about it. You know, Mike, for someone who like loves living in a capitalist society, you really should move to a socialist country. What's a where would that be? It's just where like shit like fucking Sweden or something. Yeah. Or Canada or, you know, yeah. Any of the Scandinavian countries. But like you really want a lot of stuff to be sort of taken care of for you. And for all of the yelling that I'm experiencing right now on my sandwich videos by people being like, fuck the government and paying for menstrual products for school children is woke and you don't want fucking taxes and all that shit. And I'm like, you know what? When when that stuff is taken care of, like when you have your basic needs met, like healthcare or menstrual products and when like the bus ride is free. Free, uh, that's socialism and it works and it's awesome. I, I would love it. It sounds pretty tempting. For someone who's like stealing water at the airport and trying to like get on trains without paying, yeah, you would definitely, you should move to Denmark. <laughs> I think I should. And especially because <laughs> you know how my shoulder and neck have been so fucked up for so I long. And I, they tried to get me my uh, health insurance. I, it's been impossible to get an MRI for it. And they sent me a packet in the mail of things to fill out and then fax back to the doctor. And I'm like, Who, we're doing fax machines still? Our our medical... Wait, did they mail this to you? They mailed it to me to then fax somewhere else. Where is the fax machine? Anywhere near you? Fuck if I know. I didn't like, know that Like, does the Rite Aid have a fax? Where is the fax? Uh, 1940? I don't... <laughs> <laughs> My grandma's house? I don't know. Whoa. So like, yo, if Denmark isn't doing 
um, faxes for fax me to get anything. an MRI, then I'm moving there. I yeah, I have no doubt that in Denmark, it's like you you know like scan a card that literally takes care of all of your healthcare situation and like all of your medical records are just there and accessible. And you also own them. That was something that uh, I know we're getting way off topic here, but I was fascinated when I spent some time uh, in France. I lived there for a little while and I fucked up my knee really badly falling down a flight of stairs. Um, very drunk and um, luckily was rubbery as hell because I was so hammered because <laughs> otherwise I think I'd be dead. Anyway, was I, it one flight or did you go, whoa, 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 oh and then pause and then go, whoa, 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 was, whoa, no. and then pause and then go, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> it was okay. I was staying at my friend Sarah's place and she lived in this cool old carriage house that was one of these amazing, like ancient fucking places. And the bathroom was through a trapdoor and a ladder down into the basement. And so I got up in the middle of the night, just hammered, like, you know, like just seeing triple Yeah. and uh, tried to go to the bathroom and just like missed the door and fell straight. I think I hit the ladder on the way down, but it probably just made like a Looney Tunes xylophone sound. <laughs> and then I ended up at the bottom and I just remember my shoulder and my head were wedged against the wall. So it was like a straight line. And I was like, like another hair's breadth and my neck would have been broken. Yeah. No question. I was so, and then my knee was at this crazy angle and you know, I was, I think I was 21. And the next morning I just got on a train to Paris and was like, I guess I'll get it looked at when I get there. And then I arrived in France to like live there for a while and was like, Oh, this hurts a lot. And I can't walk. One got it looked at everything taken care of all of that, you know, the healthcare system was absolutely incredible. And the thing that surprised me most was I left, they gave me my um, x-rays. Wow. You keep your medical records, at least at the time. That was how it worked. Maybe it was because I was a foreigner and they were just like, stupid Canadian, get out of here and take this with you. But um, yeah, I believe that in, in many of those countries, at least it's very different from where here they like, everyone sort of like hoards your medical information. You have to get this doctor to talk to that fucking doctor and then they have to make a referral to that doctor and then that doctor has to fax something over here and they keep you totally out of the fucking loop. Yeah. It's hellacious. So wow, I also I, would be better possibly in a in a place with socialized healthcare. Truly, well, I mean, I, we'll get back to self checkout in a second, but <laughs> I want to share it because my shoulder is so fucked up, mm -hmm. and it makes my neck so fucked up that uh, I have a friend. Um, uh, I'm gonna. I don't want to say his name necessarily, but he just posted an Instagram video. He went to like Turkey or something because he's like 28, but he's already balding. Just genetics. It is what it is. And he went to Turkey to do a hair transplant. Wow. And he took a picture of everyone else on the plane, and it was a bunch of men, and they all had their ba they all had bandages. Yep. In Turkey, and and so I was like, oh, where could I fly to to get my shoulder looked at? Like if it came to that, because I ain't faxing a goddamn thing to try and get this fixed. It's going to yeah. take another year. Medical tourism is a huge thing. I remember listening to maybe a podcast. It might have been Tim Ferriss. Okay. Is that the six hour body, 10 hour work week? Hack, uh, hack your life guy? Four days of work per week <laughs> I can't to, hack, to hack your life. Yeah. Sleep through your day away and get rich. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was born I was born wealthy by my book. Yeah. I don't know what it's Do called. Do three push-ups and look like me. <laughs> fucking guy yeah anyway I, I think it was a medical tourism thing that he was doing but it, it truly is I have a friend who just came back from getting her um all of her dental work done in Thailand and she was posting pictures of her like incredible time in Thailand and just like hanging out and doing cool stuff while also getting great care for I think a quarter of what she would have paid in the U.S. I was like can you share the links because I need a ton of stuff done and I would also love to you know go to a beautiful place while it's happening absolutely medical tourism medical tourism
I love it because all I ever hear about is like you can you can get your legs shattered and lengthened, which all those like men right. did during the pandemic. Yeah, and I think know. they're also, of course, like anything shady, fucking places that will take advantage of someone trying to get you know medical right. things done when they're not licensed, and you know obviously there's like sure, but I'm if sure I saw a dark side, yeah, but if I saw a plane full of men with bandages on their head from getting hair transplants right. in Turkey, then I'm going to Turkey. Like I'm going to trust that it is what it is. Right. Fucking hell. Well, if anyone out there knows where I should go get my shoulder looked at, let me know. <laughs> Yo, that's wild, Mike. Well, I hope Ideally, you're... you say Amsterdam because that would be that'd be nice. Go to Amsterdam. You should you should go to Amsterdam and get everything looked at. Yeah, I highly recommend it. Although they are. I was just reading. They're like really cracking down on things there right now. So I feel like Barcelona is the new um, cannabis spot, hot cannabis spot to oh. go in Europe now. OK, great. Yeah. Things are getting, you know, while well, the, the conservatives are. uh Ruining shit all over the planet for everyone. So self-checkout <laughs> machines are asking for tips, huh? Let me talk about how the conservatives are ruining everything. Okay. Self-checkout machines. Thank you, Mike. Course correction. Um, <laughs> I make way too many sandwiches and yell about shit all the fucking time. All right. They are evidently being ridiculed, asking for tips. We started this out by me asking you if you had interacted with a human and you said no because you're a shoplifter. Yes. So... I pay for things and sometimes I interact with a human and sometimes I go to a kiosk and I do it all myself. These kiosks are now now evidently asking for tips. Whoa. It's Wh whoa. Wild. Where yeah. are the I mean the big question is like who gets those tips, exactly. right? Exactly. So evidently I was just reading in this article um the one that I pulled up was on I think it's futurism. It's called the bite. Um but it is being reported everywhere right now because it just kind of hit the zeitgeist. Uh, and it was reported initially, I think, in the Washington Street or what is it? WSJ? Washington Street Journal? I think <laughs> no, so. No, it's Wall Street Journal. Oh, OK. Um, so there was a professor who co-wrote two books on tipping who told the Wall Street Journal that federal laws that require employers to pay tips out to employees don't apply to machines. And so some employers are exploiting the uh, tipping as a way to generate more revenue for the company. And that money is not necessarily going. So I guess the idea is that if you do pay some kind of tip at these kiosks, that will go to the people who are working in the business. But like, why am I? I'm self-checking yeah. out. Right. I should get that tip. I should get a rebate for it's like, you know, when you bring your own bag, idea. right? I love this idea. Yes. Go yeah. off, go off, go well, off. Well, just, you know, like, yeah, you, if, if you bring your own bag, a lot of places will give you a little, you know, 10 cents back for bringing your own bag. It's sort of like a good behavior and an encouragement. Cause I remember when they started charging for bags and everyone just like went fucking ballistic. So they were like, well, okay, here, how about you bring your bag and we'll give you money for that. If I'm being forced to check myself out, I should get a little rebate. I should get a 5% off. I should get like a, you know, some kind of like monthly program where I rack up points like at CVS, you know, give me a long receipt. Give me a long receipt with all of my all of my points for uh, self-checking myself out. Much better idea. Yeah. Much better idea than giving a machine your money and then it floats off into the abyss where well, like, you know, uh, somebody who's like, well, I'm getting pennies from thousands of people all over the world. Passive income. Like, who knows where you it's were going? the one who clued me into uh, corporations asking us to donate. Like, do you want to give a dollar to the Red Cross Society or whatever? And that actually being a tax write off for CVS or wherever the fuck it is that you're doing that. And so you you shouldn't do that, even though it's a charitable charitable donation. You're not writing that off. The mm -hmm. company is writing that off. And I never thought about that. Yeah. This is a similar sort of, you know, yeah. What the tipping who? What? No. Well, this makes me want to ask for a tip for anything I do. 
all the time. Oh, I, I think like, because yeah. right? Like if I'm going to hold the door open for you, throw me, throw me a 20, 20%. That's uh, fucking crazy. Uh, I, I should like have on my phone something that like you can just like Venmo me or tap, <laughs> tap like 20% just and any the good QR deed. code is your lock screen. Yeah. Anything yeah. and anything I do for anyone, hold open the door, um, um, like, you know, uh, pick up your napkin if you dropped it. Doesn't that mean you're my waiter and you work at the restaurant? <laughs> hold on, I'm already hold on, tipping hold you. On, <laughs> you're just a stranger <laughs> picking up my napkin. Weird, bro. Get away from me. <laughs> Holding the door is nice. I can see that. If I hold the door open for you, I want you to hit that QR code and give me two bucks. Listen, God, America, this is the crazy thing, too, because like until I moved to this country, uh, you know, I Americans have a reputation internationally as being fantastic tippers. You always want to wait on Americans. Wonderfully generous. They don't even know what money is. You're like, why are you giving me $25 on a $100 check? That's crazy. In Canada, at the time, at least, you were tipping 12 to 15%. And in the UK and most of the places I lived in Europe, you just didn't tip. Right. And um, so when I moved to the States, it was really hard to wrap, wrap my head around tipping culture. And it's, you know, because they don't have a living wage and yeah. the whole fucking like you know ethos behind it is like i mean there's there's so much fucking craziness like racism and you know craziness about like just not wanting to actually pay people so you're forcing the people who are you're putting the onus on the fucking customer instead of the people who run the business to pay their workers was it tipping tied to slavery somehow it was, it was so when um the black uh workers were entering the workforce the people who were starting to employ them were like well we don't want to pay them a living wage so we're going to force people to tip what they think the service is worth and that was a big part of where tipping came from it's not exclusively it but it is a part of the like origins of tipping culture in america are not wanting to pay uh black workers a living wage when slavery ended wow and now we're into the workforce and now we're like we need you to give this robot money now yeah now we need the consumers to as the corporations make more and more money and have a higher and higher profit margin we also need you the consumer to pay all of the employees who work here who are basically you right Wow. Yeah. Unreal. So this Horrible. isn't going to fly, right? There's no way this flies. Evidently, people are are tipping. That's the crazy Why? thing. Why? Yeah. Part of, Why do you well, need a machine to like you, you weak ass bitch? Well, exactly. They're like, they feel emotionally blackmailed into it. And they're like, if I don't do it, I'm a bad person. That's crazy. Grow. Sorry. I'm, ooh, ooh, you need to get you, over that. You almost going to say I grow know, up? No, no. I was going to say grow a pair. Oh. I was going to say grow a pair. Did you say grow a pair. Does that mean balls? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Let those nuts hang. Get some fucking courage. What if it was like grow a pair of ovaries great whatever you need to cool. not tip a robot i like that grow a pair of ovaries yeah also has everyone seen bo is afraid because there's a big pair in that big big pair a big old pair <laughs> it's central conceit of the movie and it's alarming it's pretty great fucking movie though yeah it is have we talked about that on here bo is afraid yeah no but there is a great tie-in with your butt in, butt of the week this week matter of fact there is yeah. All right. Well, I feel like we can move on from our uh, robot overlords trying to get us to pay them money story. Yeah, I'm down with it. I also do think like so I had to call United for this Denver trip mm -hmm. um, because uh, I'm a silver member. Like, you know, like no, I, I've, no, I've got no. an exclusive hotline. I can Is kind that of lower jump or higher than Ruby. I'm trying to get to Ruby. Yeah, I would Ruby. love to get to Ruby. I'm a Ruby, but I'm with Alaska. So like Ruby with Alaska is like probably like a bronze with United. I probably Probably, but um, but I do have a special phone number I can call. Okay. To skip the general population phone number for United. Oh, what? A pretty exclusive number, but I still have to go through three robots uh -huh. and two surveys 
to get to an actual human being. Wow. And the human being was no help. And then they had to transfer me to another place to get help with my actual question. What was your question? My question was, can you fix my shoulder? Can you please fix my shoulder? (laughs) (laughs) Do you know anyone who has an MRI machine in their garage? (laughs) I've been trying to fax this thing for days. I'm stuck in my apartment. Please help. I'm silver. I'm a silver silver member. member. Please. My friend Mary Jane won't help me at all. Yeah. And so a part of me was like, well, if this person is going to be no help and I sat on hold all this time and had to push a bunch of numbers and decline taking surveys because relax, I'm not taking your goddamn surveys. And then this person was no help. Then I am kind of pro robot in certain situations. And that's Mm. a bummer. And that bums me out so much because I don't want to be pro anything but humanity. And so when like when humanity doesn't come through and meet my needs, I immediately am like, burn it all down and give me the AI. Give you the robots. Yeah. Yeah. But when has humanity ever met your needs really in your whole life? Boy. Have you ever been perfectly happy with how your needs are getting met in any time in your life? Like 2017, how are you feeling about humanity meeting your needs? You know? Yeah. I, that's a great point. I, well, I've grown a lot and become a better me since then. And so maybe my expectation is that I'm thinking everyone around me, including strangers I don't know who are just doing customer service jobs Mm -hmm. are also trying to grow and excel. And that might not actually be fair because maybe they're not, maybe they are just happy or not, you know, trying to talk about their mommy on Tuesdays at noon with Peter. Like, you know what I mean? Like maybe I'm putting too much pressure on everyone else to try and self-actualize because that's my goal. Well, I think that Brene Brown's advice that you should always just think of everybody doing their best at all times being the best way to live because it just alleviates a bunch, right? Like if you just assume that everyone you encounter is doing their best in that moment, it takes the pressure off judging them at all. Like that just removes judgment. And it also allows you to just relax and like feel like you're in just, you know, good hands with, you know, whoever you're interacting with. It's just a better, less stressful way to live. I really like that Brene Brown advice. I like that a lot, mm-hmm. especially because Denver was an absolute blast. Oh. But I uh, I came for them a little bit. Okay, let's hear it. Hang on, I dropped my joint. I have to pick it up. Okay. So... Did a weekend of shows in Denver. Okay. Uh, crowded, packed shows. Stayed with Corey David. I'll talk more about him in a moment. Great comedian. We met at the Vale Comedy Festival. Uh, he let me crash at his place. He put nice. together the whole run of shows. We co-headlined at the Church of Cannabis last night. Whoa. A Mother's Day show at a sold-out Church of Cannabis That's was so like cool. a dreamy, dreamy, dreamy way to spend a Mother's Day. And uh, everything about Denver is really, really great. There's mountains, there's lakes, there's dogs, there's a lot of craft beer. Um, and uh, one time I actually nailed it. They were like, what can I get you? And I was like, I don't know, something light and crisp, something I could chug. And then he goes, da 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 And then I looked at the description of it, and it said light, crisp, and crushable. And I was like, damn, fuck yeah, yeah Denver. Perfect. But. Are you going to, are we going to look at pictures here? Yeah, I'll scroll. yeah, yeah. Okay. But I really wanted to try Denver cuisine. I was like, what is Denver? Uh-huh. I know it's a football town. They yep. got the Broncos, the Rockies, the Nuggets are in the NBA playoffs. People love comedy. People love craft beer. But what's the food scene like? Mm-hmm. And the food scene in Denver, 
It's lacking. What are you it's talking about? It's lacking and lacking. town. How I can know. the food scene be lacking? That's exactly what I said. What if they got the munchies and the crunchies and all those like outdoorsy people who like exercise all the time and they got to be hungry coming back from skiing or like running up the side of a mountain? Everybody is very hot, tight ponytails, workout pants. People, yeah. And uh, I guess they all eat factor meals and at home. I don't know. What's, whoa. What's a factor meal? It's like... Uh, like you order the food and you do the recipe and it's like meal portion sizes for it's, like weight loss. Oh, fat. Okay. It's you know a, what I it's mean? a weight loss thing. It's not like, um, I don't know. It's, it is a home like meal a blue, prep kit. Like a blue apron kind of okay. meal thing. Yeah. Hello fresh. I've never heard of factor. Uh, they are not a sponsor of this podcast. No, they're not. And, uh, also had a joke, but it's a little late now. So we're just going to move on. <laughs> this is your first time that we have this always happens. <laughs> this is the quintessential weed and grub moment where Mike is trying to do something funny and I shut it down with some bizarre fact-based inquiry. I could see producer Alex laughing right now because this is the truth. Welcome to weed and grub. It's Mike <laughs> literally trying to do comedy and me being like, but what are you talking about? What are the facts? <laughs> I'm fucking crying. I'm sorry, man. <laughs> Bro, listen, this is why we do this. What is your joke? Fuck off. <laughs> Fuck you so much. That's like your uncle at a party. Do some comedy. Yeah. You gonna tell us a joke? <laughs> What's your little joke? What's your little joke about factor? Oh God. Okay. <laughs> so I just kind of I took pictures of everything I ate and I thought I would just kind of share with you. And then if anybody is not checking us out on YouTube, you can follow it at Weed and Grub. And um we have pictures behind us the entire time too. So if you want to watch us talking. Talking, smoking. We're also streaming live on Twitch nowadays as yeah. well from the studio. So those links are all in our show notes. Free. If you're not doing it right now, do it next time. Um, carry on. Whenever so, you're funny, I'll try not to step on it. <laughs> e e I'm just going to be over here. Uh, so just kind of cruising through the Denver cuisine. The first place we tried was this food truck, and it was a Tibetan, Indian, Mexican food. Whoa. And I think that the idea behind it was like, we have great buttered chicken, but that might be a little bit uncomfortable for people. So if we put buttered chicken in a taco, that might help somebody who's never tried this cuisine before just be a little bit more familiar and feel safe with it. Bridge the divide. 100%. Love it. And so this is their second food truck, the Tibetan food truck. They started in Columbus, Ohio, and they kind of popped off because they did a bunch of Dave Chappelle um, parties oh, shit. for when he would throw those all day festivals and like do those outside shows. He'd have a bunch of food trucks. And so they have one in Columbus, Ohio, and now they have one at this like hot spot in the middle of Denver. And their big twist that they're known for is something called a Momo, which I'd never heard of before. And it's like a Chinese dumpling. Have you heard of it? I have. Uh, yeah, I'm familiar, like not super familiar, but I have had Momo. Yeah. Yeah. It was delicious. I looked it up. Uh, it's like ground beef, spices, cabbage, carrot, heavily, heavily spiced. For me, the dough, the dumpling dough is a little too thick. Okay. Um, I think that's the style of dumpling, right? That was what I was going to say is yeah. like having not had it, I'm also going to assume I might be wrong in this situation and think that could be My how it's supposed to be. My recollection is that style of dumpling was like a, kind of like a, a heavier, you know, like a cold weather or kind of dumpling, a yeah. heartier skin. Well, because I think um, when I think of dumplings, I always incorrectly consider the same dough thickness as a pot sticker that's pan fried oh, or something okay. like that. And it's not. A pot sticker is so much thinner. Even a dumpling, I think, is usually a lot thinner than this because this this had like a but it was great. And so I was like, okay, Denver cuisine. We're on to something All here. Right. I'm having Tibetan momos in Denver. This is great. And 
Then I went to Voodoo Donuts. Okay, now. Look at this piece of shit. I don't want to. It's like a night. I'm talking about Bo's Afraid fucking attic monsters. This shit was like. It does look like a dick <laughs> alien, doesn't it? Well, it also looks like a foot, which I really hate because get that out of here. I don't like feet in general, and I definitely don't like this one with toe, like eyes for toes. Yeah. Oh, God. What was that movie? Um, Look into my eyes. Oh my God. There, I'm having a full on and I'm grabbing my boobs right now. And I just realized I'm on YouTube doing that. But um, there was a movie when I was a kid, I was a teenager uh, and it was like some like kind of horror movie. And there was a scene where a guy was like having some kind of fever dream and he was hooking up with this hot girl. And then she was like, look into my eyes. And he was like, oh, ooh. and then she was like, no, look into my eyes. And he looks down and her nipples are eyes oh. and they're like blinking and looking at him. And it's horrifying for him and for anyone watching. Wow. Anyway, if anyone knows what, what that is, please. Yeah, that's made crazy. Me think of, and I don't know. It was like a, it was like a Frankenstein movie. Scary. I think it was, think it was like about Mary Shelley and um, Percy Bysshe Shelley and Lord Byron, and you know they all spent a weekend together, and then they she wrote Frankenstein after that weekend. Oh, I didn't know that. I think it was a movie about the weekend that all those writers spent in like a castle getting fucked up together. Cool. I think. Cool. I will try and find it and, and tell you what it is. Please do. I would actually like to see that movie. Um, yeah. Uh, so <laughs> big so, ramble about that. Sorry. So Voodoo Donut, it's it's all the rage. The donuts look beautiful. Yes. They have. I think they kind of put putting cereal on your donut, kind of like in the zeitgeist. Yeah. They they're known for their voodoo dolls. This is one of their voodoo doll donuts. So I was like, man, I'm here. I need coffee very badly, and I'm gonna go take a walk and try voodoo. The line is out the door. I stand in line. I wait. I wait. I order one voodoo doll donut for $4. I order a drip coffee for $3.25. The drip coffee comes from a weird machine that makes it taste like crap. Mm. And this goddamn donut, it's jelly filled, but the ratios are all off. So it's like a, it's like a, a long john, but it's a long john that is like broken into thirds. And then the icing is like this thick on the long john. And then the donut or the jelly is only in the bottom half. So it's not even all the way through the donut. And then when she handed it to me, it was like breaking and leaking. And she's like, sorry. And I was like, well, then get a different one. And she's like, ha, 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 And then just like hands it to me and walks off. Voodoo donuts, fuck you. You suck. Wow. You suck. Okay, now. Should have gone to Dunkin'. Well, you love a donut. I know. And oh, man, this is the thing about the donut. Like, and the the sort of like the, the fucking expensive donuts, the crazy, what do you call them? Craft donuts? Sure. I love a craft donut. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It is actually really nice to like go and get that super fancy, delicious, non-Duncan, or in my case, non-Tim Horton, you know, like something yeah. that, you know, someone got up at 5 a.m. and put their love and care into it. Like our friend Amara and her uh, family's donut shop. Absolutely. Or yeah. there's a place called Sidecar. They have my favorite donut right now. It's a um, salted butter donut. It's, it's truly just like salty, buttery fried dough. And it's fucking phenomenal so fucking good those yeah. donuts that you got from amara's family shop to bring to your uh show at the comedy store it was like crazy people were going nuts over it. and she created like um special flavors for your show like that kind of donut all day all day but uh but you this know. the ratios were all off i threw half of it in the trash it was a big bummer dang i don't um, want to look at it anymore i also feel like there was like a yeah i'll move on it's creepy i'll move on in a second but like okay. there's also like there's something about like theme food always being underwhelming compared to food yeah like a smash burger trash yeah a voodoo donut 
trash. Hate it. Hate it. What's next slide? I think it's next slide. You got a slice. I got it, and it was great. That's a crazy looking delicious slice. They call it the big slice at, at Atomic Cowboy. I got cheese because I just wanted to try the base level. Hit it with some Parmesan, some red pep flake. Try it out, and it okay, was now. fucking delicious. This is where is this? Atomic Cowboy. Why does the paper say Fat Sully's? Because the slice shop is called Sully's, mm-hmm. but if you get the whole pie, it's part of Atomic Cowboy. And by what? three minutes, we missed there. Oh, it made sense in my brain. That didn't make sense. I have to you? No idea what you just said. The slice shop is called Fat Sully's, and that is a subsidiary of Atomic Cowboy, where you get the whole pie. Why isn't the whole place just called one name? Like if you order a pie, it's from one place. And if you order to get a slice, it's from another place. Right. But it's the same place. Different names. Why does a slice have a different name from the whole fucking pie? Why are you fucking with my head like that? Because this is uh, Fat Sully's. What is Fat Sully's? That is the flavor of the slice? No, that's a cheese slice from Fat Sully's. A... Which a, is a, inside a, Atomic Cowboy. The pizza place, Atomic Cowboy. I don't know what's happening, and I feel like you're fucking with me, and no. I hate it. I'm not. <laughs> I don't understand what you're talking about. Like you're this saying is why that, Denver's so a very I go, yeah, iffy everyone, food place. Yo. Like the lack of oxygen in the Mile High City has you all fucking crazy. I don't know what's going on. You're saying this is like me going to Irv's Burgers mm-hmm. and being like, I'll get a combo. And they're like, cool, but if you just want a burger, you can go over there and get one from Mo. Right. He's just the single burger guy here at Herbs. But if you want the combo, it's from Herbs. It's from Herbs. So that's crazy. Yes. That's what you're saying? Yes, it's crazy. And that's what I'm saying. Oh, my God. I'm sweating. <laughs> yeah, because it's exhausting. That's what I'm saying. I don't know what you're... Okay. We also missed the the biscuit sandwiches because mm-hmm. it was a Sunday. They do br- biscuit sandwiches for brunch until 3 p.m. We got there at 3.03. Yeah. And they said... We don't, well, we can't sell them to you anymore, which also makes me think they had them, Mm. but they wouldn't sell them. And they said, but you can go to the one and then they name some place like 40 minutes away. They're like, and they serve them all day over there if that's what you want. Oh, okay. I'm actually on the side of the restaurant with that one. And I also understand how frustrating it is as a consumer to be like, what are you talking about? It's 303. Right. I know you have them back there. Right. But you know how it is. I mean, you've been on the line. You've worked in a restaurant. You switch everything over. You switch the lineup for a different service. Like you do not want to be dealing with like your breakfast shit when you're trying to put out lunch and dinner shit. I do agree with that. You know. Because that is like when, like I bet you starting right at three all the way up until dinner, that's your prep time. That's Yo. your turnover. That's your cleaning. That's your like take a beat. Yep. They're getting okay. that whole station ready and they don't want to deal with your breakfast sandwich. Interesting that if a restaurant Western. closes at 10, you'll stay until 1130. But 303 <laughs> is what you'll I'm, defend. I'm never going to order a <laughs> breakfast sandwich at 303 and be mad. Ever. Interesting. Where did you get by? Ele- Listen, you're pushing. You're moving the goalposts. Big time. I said that I would finish my glass of wine if there were other people in the restaurant up until 1015. I think. That's what yes. I said. Yes. All right. Got to correct that. Um, and then we went to an ice cream place called Sweet Action. No way. We were told to go to Sweet Cow, which is better than Sweet Action, but Sweet Action rocked. Okay. Sweet Cow isn't a subsidiary or a parent company <laughs> yes. of Sweet Action? Yeah. If you get a cone, <laughs> it's Sweet <laughs> Cow. <laughs> Dying. What's happening in Denver? But if it's a cup, it's Sweet Action. Sweet Action. Yeah. Okay. And uh, I got the uh, salted butterscotch. Wow. The one that we both tried, Corey and I both tried, um, was the Georgia Packed Lunch. And it was a Coca-Cola and peanuts flavored ice cream. And she told us the whole history where in Georgia, 
um, you'd be tilling the fields and you'd be working outside it, on the farms and your hands would be filthy. So you didn't want to actually touch the food with your filthy hands. So they would pour their peanuts into the Coca-Cola and drink the Coke and eat the peanuts that way. And that became like a um, a big snack through the South. And now they made it into an ice cream flavor in Denver. Wild. Yeah. Have you heard that before? P peanuts Never. and Coke? No. Well, the ice cream stinks, so don't try it. Really? Yeah, you didn't it was, like it? Yeah, it was pretty gross. Uh, I, I, I can see why the sweet saltiness of a Coke and peanut situation would be good. But, sure. But then when you're adding layers of like cream and whip and it just, it, it didn't, didn't work for it you? It didn't hit. No. I feel like it, it, it sounds to me like it would be kind of like a float. Like a, it oh. didn't have like kind of a float flavor. I got to tell you. Like a Coke float? I love a Coke float. Mm-hmm. It didn't taste like that. But it didn't taste like a Coke float. That's that's the problem. I I might I must have subconsciously been Coke floating. Were the peanuts like chunky in nut form or yeah. were they was like kind of like a peanut butter dough kind of situation? Nut form. They were chunky in nut form. See, that to me sounds problematic. I don't want chunky any I want like like the this is what Ben and Jerry have down perfectly. Like any chunks are also like a squish. Yeah. You know, their chunks are squishy. Their chunks are squishy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if we've talked about it on here, but I do feel like Ben and Jerry's, like their their tenants, like their principles, their yeah. four pillars are you need a you need a swirl, mm -hmm. you need a chewy crunch, you need like a secret twist mm -hmm. and a smooth vanilla base. Have you heard about the the sort of conspiracy theory that Hagen Dazs and Ben and Jerry's were um what's the word when they're colluding? to um, keep the ice cream market totally on lock because they're basically the only two ice cream manufacturers in the United States that have that sort of like quote, quote unquote high-end ice cream market. Right. I listened to a whole story about how like Haagen-Dazs cornered the smooth flavors market and Ben and Jerry's cornered the chunky market. And then Haagen-Dazs came for the chunky market. And then they had like this weird sort of like silent ice cream war where they duped it out. And then they just decided to go back to their corners. And they're like, if you do smooth and stay in your lane, we'll do chunks and we'll stay in our lane and never the two shall meet. But equally, we will dominate the market. Handshake done. Wow. I heard a whole thing about it on NPR. It was fascinating. Very yeah. cool. I would love to read that book. That's fucking my And it's also alley. like quasi illegal because like of uh, fair business practices and all that kind of stuff. So, uh, sure. Right. You know, I mean, yeah, yeah. you don't care about that. Uh, not really. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Uh, so shout out to butter, salted butter. Also, I don't know if you know this, but um, I, you know how my coffee order is a black coffee with like four or five ice cubes in it to just like make it room temp so I can drink it right away. Mm-hmm. We went to a bookstore that has some of the best coffee in Denver, and I said, can, "And I said that order, I said with a couple ice cubes." And they go, "We'll give you coffee ice," and I go, "What is that?" And he goes, "You know, like coffee ice." And I'm like, "Is this dude doing a bit with me? Like, I'm I'm missing the bit. What is coffee ice?" And he, and then he shows it to me, and so that they take their coffee so seriously that they don't want to dilute it with ice, so they make ice cubes out of coffee. So awesome. when you order an iced coffee, you get ice coffee ice cubes in it so he it, the picture is awful because they were melting right away just a cup of coffee but yeah, i see no ice there's no ice this is mike's photographic evidence <laughs> it's just like a weird bowl of hot coffee <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but was it, this supposed to show the ice yeah <laughs> it's a puddle of water it used to be ice <laughs> Just like Fantastic. picture, picture different. Just picture it different. <laughs> picture it in solid form. <laughs> yeah. This is liquid. But he nice. showed me it and he put like four or five ice cubes in there and he, and he gave me a hot tip. He said, don't use, if you want to make your own coffee eyes at home, don't use plastic trays because they won't pop out. You have to use silicon 
uh, trays, like ah. the rubber ones, and they'll pop out real easy. And then you can make your own iced coffee, coffee ice. Are you going to do this? I kind of love the idea. I'd like to try it. Yeah, it would really affect, you know, because you put a few ice cubes in there, you're going to have a totally different s strength of coffee. And you like your coffee pretty strong. I do. I want it to be so bitter that like I'm, I'm angry. Yeah, I, I love it. I'm actually excited because uh, in the next week or two, I want to do an on pod coffee tasting situation because I've been um, experimenting with uh, cold brew, instant cold brew and various forms of instant coffee. And uh, I'm excited to like bring some on for you to do a blind taste test and try okay. what do you think. Because I know like you, you and I have very different coffee palettes yes. and we like very different things. But um, you're a creamy dream and I'm a bitter boy. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe that's the title of this pod. Okay. Creamy Dream and Bitter Boy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so I just wanted to share that. I thought it was a cool tip and Great. something new. Then. Okay. This Am is I where swiping? it gets dicey. Yes, please. Here we go. Uh oh. Dun dun. Corey took me to Petunias. Yeah. I saw your tweet about this. And I made a massive mistake. He was like, they're known for their quiche, they're known for their like sausage and egg loaves, they're known for their croissants. Mm -hmm. And I said, great, turkey sandwich. Like I wow. super fucked up. And he made fun of me the rest of the weekend. I made fun of myself. Everyone we met, he's like, this dude ordered the turkey at Petunias. And everyone's like, what are you talking about, dude? <laughs> They're known for their Why? croissants. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, I was very hungry. And it was like Havarti cheese, uh, some kind of garlic aioli, red onions, turkey, bacon, sourdough. And I was like, absolutely. But they fucking toasted the sourdough. If you can swipe one more time. Yeah. And you can see where all of the toasting took place. And so now the roof of my mouth, my <laughs> gums, my tongue, they're all getting scraped up left and right by this goddamn sourdough toast. And if anyone out there has any sense at all, quit toasting your goddamn sandwich bread or only toast the inside if you really need that crunch and texture so that the outside is um, malleable for the mouth. Would you have flipped around this bread or was it toasted on both sides? Toasted on both sides, I checked. Oh, because you would have done a flip. I absolutely would have done a flip. Uh, also, can I just say I've been in school for the past several weeks and I have not made a schematic as detailed as this one where you have circled the uh, offending pieces of toast. Look at it. Um, you know, that's going to crunch and hurt. Wow. I didn't know that you were anti-toast on a sandwich bread. Oh, my gosh. Absolutely. I need to put you in touch with some per person who commented on a sandwich that I made that I the sandwich like they were so angry because it was untoasted. And they were like, that's the most bullshit steak sandwich I've ever seen. Must toast. Really? I know. And no. also, I know you have steak sandwich fucking heat right now. Too. Oh, my God. You've been you've been having some like sandwich fights. Shout out Roger at Puffco. Yo. For writing in the comments on my Instagram reel about how steak sandwiches are an overrated lie. And he <laughs> and he wrote, this is important information. Thank you, Roger. Thank you so much. If if fucking the creator of the Puffco mm -hmm. is backing me up, then I'm right about my steak sandwich problems. He knows what's good. Yeah. yeah. So quit toasting your goddamn bread, people. Okay. I mean, I don't know. I, I feel like I like a toast sometimes on a sourdough. Why? Why? What is it? Is it like the, it hurts your mouth? Is it, that what you're saying? It hurts. It's too hard to bite. And now you're like, it, it's just too hard on the teeth, too hard on the mouth. But you have, you have great teeth bones. Thank you. But it's because of all the toasting I've had to go through. Right. They're strong. They're getting ripped. But you don't, don't you feel like the toasting stands up better to some of the wet condiments? So that's what Julian Stern wrote mm -hmm. on my Instagram thing too. He was like, you need that crunch because that is an unhinged sandwich. It's so many loose, it is crazy a, yeah. 
um, inside things. So you need that outside to hold it all together. And that was his wow. take. So okay. maybe you stand with Julian and I stand with on the side of justice, I You'll guess. <laughs> I also, um, those sticks make me nervous. Yeah. When people put toothpicks in sandwiches, I'm always terrified. I have like, I have a couple of fears in life. One is that I'm going to lose an eye somehow. I don't know how. I'm just like always when I'm opening things with a knife or anything, you'll see me like opening it like really far away from my face because I have a weird fear that I'm going to stab myself in the eye somehow. Okay. And I also have a weird fear that I'm going to bite into a club sandwich that has a toothpick. <gasps> I'm going to get that toothpick jammed Oof. between top palate and bottom and I'm not going to... I'm just going to be stuck like that until I have to go to the hospital and get it removed. That would be awful. So painful. Not not lethal. It wouldn't kill me, but it would traumatize me forever. Also, probably not possible. I have a big mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, open. Oh. Yeah, you could fit a whole toothpick in there up and down. For sure. Yep. I can fit my whole fist in my mouth. I know I can fit a toothpick in my mouth. Damn. Yeah. Well, if you do it, fly to Denmark to get it out because yeah. you're going to have to <laughs> fill out. It's a long 16-hour <laughs> flight with me just looking wild. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, okay. Okay. And now this is the last part of um, thank you for letting me go all over the food um, landscape Yo, in Denver. So we Denver. went to a place called Yacht Club. Shout out to Chuck Warner, friend of the show, friend in real life. He met up with us. Um, Chuck is the man. I fucking love Chuck. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, he handed me a 10 milligram edible. He said, careful, it's probably closer to 20. Mm. And I ate it at the bar. And I told Corey and his girlfriend, Sarah, I was like, we have about 20 minutes until I need to go home. Mm -hmm. And uh, I had to go home. Wow, you I sound got, like a fun date. Yeah, I was like, I, it got me real hot. But before that, Yacht Club, uh, 2 a.m. bar. They also have a ton of different hot dogs. This is a varsity dog, which has spicy coleslaw, chili, and a normal hot dog with some Lay's for seven bucks. Um, if you swipe it one more time, mm -hmm. I also got a normal dog and added just a little relish, ketchup, and mustard to it okay. because Corey said, and we got in a big fight about it, mm -hmm. even though we're new friends, we got in our first fight. He said, the Chicago hot dog is bullshit. Whoa. It is a salad hiding the um, less the lesser the lessness of the dog wow. and you if you need all those toppings on top of it then it's not a good hot dog he and his parallel to it was like if you order pizza and it's like oh get a chicken parm pizza or you know one of those macaroni pizzas you know that pizza is going to be shit because they have to hide it underneath all these bells and whistles mm -hmm. because the slice itself is not substantial and good enough so you have to it's all it's all spectacle all right. What do you think about that? Uh, I want to know what you think about it first, because I know you, I mean, I've, I've eaten Comfy Pup. I mean, we were talking about Michael Walker and Comfy Pup and the Chicago dog. So we have like a Chicago dog uh, expert in our, in our group of friends. Can I call Corey really quick? Oh uh, yeah, please. See if he'll answer. I don't want to speak for him. Okay. But I had a big problem with it. I, I want to hear what he has to say for himself about, uh. Hey, what's up, dude? Corey, you're on the podcast with Mary Jane and I. Oh, perfecto. Let's yeah. Get into it. Great. Um, I'm trying to I'm, I'm trying to explain very quickly your hot take on the Chicago dog, and if you can break it down for us real quick, I uh, I think I'd appreciate it. Well, the base of the argument is that if you're going to say something's the best thing ever, then it should be the base food and not all the stuff you put on top of it. Like the other example would be like for pizza. You shouldn't judge a place and say, oh, this is the best pizza in town because they serve chicken parm pizza and it's covered with a bunch of stuff. 
So like my deal with the Chicago dog is that you shouldn't have to put an entire meal on top of the meal in order for it to be good. We're talking whole tomatoes, whole pickles. That's absurd. Wild. You're wild, Corey. I'm, I'm, I'm astonished, but, uh, I don't think you're wrong. Well, yeah, because I'm not. (laughs) (laughs) My, 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 you guys are saying to defend it. (laughs) To me, classic hot dog. And Mike and I had some dope hot dogs the other night when he was here. Uh, it's basic ingredients. You know, they had some chili on there, maybe a little slaw, but it wasn't overdone. I think just the idea that you have to put whole vegetables on top of a tubed meat just kind of ruins it for me. My my pushback to you would be, what about an ice cream sundae? Because with an ice cream sundae, the glory is in the toppings. Well, I mean, but even how often are you getting those? I wouldn't say that the best ice cream place in town is the one that has sundaes. I've eaten ice cream probably too many times in the past two weeks. So I think I, uh, just from personal experience, you know, I'm like a one, two scoop kind of guy. Okay. Maybe if you're going two scoops, you want to mix it up a little bit, do one flavor, and then do a different flavor just to see how it goes together. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that would be my move for, like, the best ice cream in town. Wow, a purist. Yeah, I'd like to think so. And then you can always jazz it up from there. But I think if you're going to have the argument about whether one place or another or a city has the best of a version of something, then you shouldn't have to put an entire Chicago deep dish pizza on top of a Chicago hot dog. Oh, okay. Before before we let, we let you go, where is the best hot dog in America? Best hot dog in America, I mean, it's, I'm going to be a little biased, but I prefer more of a classic New York dog that's a beef pork blend. Uh, I've been going to the same place with my dad since I was like five years old called Hyde's Hot Dogs in Syracuse, New York. And they do, um, have you guys ever had like a Coney or a Snapper? Hell yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you're familiar. So it's a little bit more, um, instead of it being like 100% beef, it's like a little bit more pork. Sometimes I think conies and snappers are just like pure pork. Uh, and those, you don't dress it up with too much. I think ketchup on a hot dog is also gross. Mike and I talked about that. Just kind of overwhelms the dish. But okay. I'll just go like a spicy mustard, a relish, and maybe some onion, and we're going to call it a day. Wow. Thank you so much. Uh, please expect a lot of hate mail uh, <laughs> when this pod comes out. It's at fake Corey David with a K on Instagram. Please give me your worst. Uh, literally, hot dog. Get it? The worst? All right. I should probably go. Yo, <laughs> nice to meet you, Corey. Later, dude. Nice to meet you, too. See you guys. Bye. Bye. There we go. Wild. Wild. I do love a Coney dog. I actually have never had one, and I'd really love to. Yeah, we did see eye to eye on the ketchup being absurd Gross. and overpowering because mm-hmm. you just take it's like, oh, I taste ketchup and then something else. Yeah, I yeah. feel like ketchup like, yeah, it, it sort of just sweetens everything up way too much. And yeah, yeah. I, I don't necessarily need a tomato factor with my hot dog. Yeah, I love that spicy mustard, relish and onion. I mean, listen, I'm 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 with you. Corey. Wild. So uh, again, I know he just said his Instagram, but it, it will be in the show notes. We will be tagging in this episode. Wow. So let the world know what you think about the Chicago dog. Uh, does that bring your Denver adventures to an end? I'm yeah, looking the, at another bowl here. Well, the very last thing I wanted to shout out, um, this is going to be a long up, is uh, is uh, Corey's girlfriend, Sarah. We really hit it off because she has a salt, fat, acid, heat, um, the cookbook. She has a bunch of Allison Roman cookbooks. She's a great cook. And we were all just kind of eating hot dogs at Yacht Club and talking food. And she was like, I'd love to. I have all these stuffed peppers from the farmer's market or Anaheim peppers from the farmer's market. Mm -hmm. So I'd love to um, make uh, dinner for you guys tomorrow before the show. We were like, that's awesome. But then 
we got in a big debate about how to slice your red and green bell peppers mm -hmm. because I said you do four slices, you know, one on each side, and then you have your core with the seeds. Mm -hmm. And Corey was like, no, 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 that's too many slices. That's not efficient enough. He takes the knife and just goes around the top of the stem mm -hmm. and then pulls the whole core with the seeds out, almost like a pumpkin. And then she said, what are you talking about? That's crazy. And she just cuts it in half and then rips the sides out of each half. So there's also a big debate going on on how you core your bell peppers. <laughs> Wild. Wild. But Hot topics. At the end of the day, uh, the best meal I had in Denver was a homemade one from Sarah and Corey. And, and so I just it. had to take a shot of it. It was just a delicious salad with homemade dressing, delicious um, stuffed peppers and mm. it had that like crispy cheese where the cheese cooks on top of the um, sheet pan and gets mm. all crispy. Oh, so great. And then we had uh, homemade margs with fresh lime. Wild. So good. And so, sold out shows the whole time, and right? sold out shows, baby. Fuck yes, Denver. Uh, well, that brings us to our news story, Mike. An hour this is in. a long app. Here we go. An hour in. What is the news story coming to us from Denver? The news this week is we get back home after one of the shows and Corey's like, oh yeah, I forgot to mention, there is a massive moth migration that happens for two weeks every single year. So you're probably going to see a lot of moths. Wow. And we opened his car door and all of these moths that were like hanging out on the undercarriage and in the doorframe just flew almost like a cloud of um, locust out in the sky. And they're they're all over everything. And so um, the night that Chuck got me twisted on that edible, I woke up at like 3.30, still very high, kind of like your story where you fell down the stairs and almost <laughs> broke your neck. In this case, I walked <laughs> to the bathroom seeing triple mm -hmm. and I thought I was getting attacked by a dragon because all the, like, I'm trying to pee in the dark standing up. Oh, and they were in the house? And there's like all these moths in the bathroom because they're nocturnal and I turned on the lights and then they all just started like hitting me in the back of the neck while I'm trying to piss. Oh and I God. got so scared and I was like, ah, and I was thought I was getting attacked and I was, but they were just moths. So my news story this week is, um, from Denver, um, denver7.com Miller moth mania, what you need to know about the migration as it hits the front lines. So the Miller moths, according to butterfly scientist or lepidopterist, mm -hmm. Uh, Sharon Hershkovich is Miller moths come around and you'll have mass panic, but actually it's a comforting sign of spring. So in the Rocky Mountains, these moths all lay their eggs and then the ones that don't get eaten hatch and then they migrate from... Uh, Downtown to from uptown. downtown to uptown, really <laughs> Wyoming, Nebraska, Nebraska, Kansas, and Oklahoma. Okay, and they migrate up to the mountains. Oh, okay, and that's where they do their cycle, and then they migrate back down. So, like right now, um, they're just taking like a two week vacation in Denver before they get all the way up to the Rocky Mountains. Wow, a moth migration. Yeah, that's amazing. And they uh, they hate if you come into the bathroom, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> they don't like it when you're twisted on the Chiba trying to pee at three in the morning. They're like, fuck out of here, bro. Fuck out of here. We are on our fucking layover from Omaha to Red Rocks. Yeah. <laughs> why are you in here, bro? Yeah. Why? I don't know why they all sound like Mitch Hedberg. We've got tickets to Dead and Company and you're ruining the vibe. Bro, <laughs> turn that light off, man. <laughs> you're fucking harsh in my mellow. <laughs> <laughs> also, lepidopterist is a fucking cool job. I, it's, it's like uh, a specialized entomologist. Yeah. Lepidopterist. Yeah. That's a butterfly scientist. Butterfly a butterfly scientist. moth scientist. Pretty cool. Fucking cool. So that's the news this week is... Um, you harshed some moths behind the 
fantastic. That's the best news story we've had in a while. Yeah. I love that. Um, well, I've been gabbing for the past uh, 50 minutes, and we are burying the lead this episode on your own weekend. I mean, I'm just putting the picture up behind us so we can see if you're looking at the YouTube. Uh, Woody Harrelson and Bill Maher came to my house <laughs> with weed delivered a bag from their joint the woods which is their dispensary in west hollywood and uh we sparked a pre-roll on my porch and uh it was just wild the whole thing came together super fast uh, i got a call from our friend john capetta who was like organizing the whole thing and he was supposed to have flown into town from the emerald cup and meet up and we were all gonna hang and do it real quick it's just it was just a fun thing that they were doing because it's they're celebrating their one year anniversary this time a year ago i was at the woods opening party with our friend jordan and I uh, can't believe that was a fucking year ago. So I guess, yeah, as a part of sort of like a marketing fun thing to be like, we're, we've are we been open for a year. They had uh, Woody and Bill out with a camera crew all afternoon delivering weed to friends in WeHo. That's awesome. And uh, and my place ended up being a stop because Capetta was supposed to come over and then he <laughs> ended up getting stuck in traffic. And he was like, can you just go out and meet them real quick? And um, so I met them on the front porch and uh, it was wild. You and Joel. Yeah. I don't even know what to say about it. I'm so, I'm just looking at the picture and sort of like remembering how fucking crazy. Yeah, it was. like what's it like? I mean, it's Woody. It's Woody Harold. It's like, do you yeah. know what I mean? Like, so what's the vibe? How does it feel? Like, did you were you happy with your interaction? Did you hold your own? Like, the I whole, need to know about it. Okay, so yeah, the whole thing. I was having a day at home painting. My place was fucking drop cloths and brushes and I was covered in paint and I was sort of texting with Capetta and I had plans to like meet up with Joel and go for a hike with the dogs and I was just kind of having a day at home and I was very much in my own kind of like weird Sunday swirl. And then Capetta was like, I think I can make it happen. Uh, here's the window. I'm going to show up. We'll just meet them out front. We'll smoke a joint and then you can go on your way and it's going to be great. And I was like, really? Like Woody Harrelson and Bill Maher? And he's like, yeah, I'll see you at five o'clock. I was like, okay. So at four o'clock, I sort of forced myself to stop down and like get cleaned up enough to meet. I was like, still, I didn't think it was going to really happen, you yeah. know, but I was like, okay, just in case this actually does happen, you never know. Cause Ellie is wild. I should like shower, get this paint off my face and put on some clothing. That's not like covered in fucking stuff. And then Joel came over and we were hanging out and then we just got a text from Capetti and he's like, I can't make it, but they're out front basically. And I was like, what? Okay. So we grabbed the dogs. We put them on the leash, Falcor and Archie. Joel and I walk out front and I didn't know what to expect, truly. I just knew that there was a possibility that Woody Harrelson and Bill Maher might be like in an SUV on the curb. I definitely did not anticipate. Right. Like handing you something through a window yeah. saying, thank you so much. This is so fun. Take yes. care. And someone with an iPhone kind of being on the side to just snap a couple of pics for socials. I didn't, I didn't, I truly didn't know what I was walking into because Capetta had just been so funny, but like the whole, he was like, I'll just pull up and we'll just, you know see what happens. And anyway, so I walk out front, not knowing what to expect. I have Archie on the leash. Joel has Falcor on the leash. We walk out front and you know, my, my house is kind of weird. Like my landlady's house is in the front. And so her porch is there and she's kind of got like, you know, packages and things on her porch and all that kind of stuff. And then my place is like around the side through this like little weird hidden gate. So you kind of can't tell where I'm coming from. Like when I come out of my gate onto the street, it is like a witch emerging from a hole. <laughs> It's it's got like Princess Bride, you know, Billy Crystal's weird fucking house in a tree vibes. Like yeah. it's very and down fucking, to your gate going. It's like, <laughs> yeah. And then I've like Archie's being a crazy neurotic, crazy lunatic and Falcor is being all like he's, you know, basically a puppy. And oh, so we come out and we burst out of the gate and Bill Maher and Woody Harrelson are standing on my landlady's porch looking into her front window. And she's just like got like dogs in her house. Hold and, like, on. A hold on. Okay. Can you imagine 
if you're in that house and you don't know what's going on and you look and Woody Harrelson is looking in your window. I think that she was not home because oh she did or, or she just like fucking scoped it out from like her kitchen or wherever she was. And she was like, I'm not going near whatever that is because there was a whole fucking camera crew. Yeah. Like, I'm glad she just left, let it all happen and left us alone. But like they so they kind of turned around as Joel and I emerged from this side gate. Bill is holding some package that's addressed to my landlady. And he kind of like goes and he's like, is this yours? And I was like, no, that's my landlady. I live in the back house and they were like oh and then they Woody and Bill were like we brought you weed and they handed me this big bag of weed from the woods and we all shook hands and said hey and then you know this camera crew was there they were all just sort of like capturing the moment it was very funny and very impromptu and truly the chaos and the comedy of emerging from the weird side gate having the dogs in the mix like Falcor wanted to say hi to everyone Archie immediately went and sat on a cameraman's foot <laughs> Because he's like nervous and he just like had to immediately go and sit. And Was like, he just staring at you sitting on a cameraman's foot? Yeah, he full on, <laughs> he went over to the camera people and he assessed them. And then he put like his ass on one of their dude's foot and was sat there looking at me. And then Falkor swirled. I was, the whole thing was so crazy. And then Woody Harrelson hands me a joint. I brought it. It's right there. It's called the Woody. It's a 12 gram pre-roll. And he was like, this is the first of its kind. And... Uh, we're so excited to like celebrate the you know one year anniversary of the woods and here's here's this other gift for you, and I was like well let's smoke it right now and so Joel ran back into the house saved the day got a lighter, and then we lit it up and we we smoked it on my porch and that's the picture in the um if you if you're watching the YouTube you can see but I said it was like the hadron collider of joints because they were making uh, a point of saying that like there's a hole that goes right through the center of these twelve really hardcore packed. Um, this is a hefty J. Grams, it's fucking sick, and so like that, you know, it's like the, in order to draw it, it has this hole through the middle, and you know, fucking weed physics and whatever. And um, anyway, it was great. Woody Harrelson lit your joint. Woody Harrelson and Bill Maher and I smoked that. Yeah, he lit it. He the, in this picture, it's really funny. My friend Amy saw the pic and she was like, he must have been flicking a lot of lighters to get his forearm to look like that because it is crazy muscular. Yeah, he's got a hot hand. He's, I mean, he, he looks great. Like. And they were going to play basketball right after. They were talking about how they were like, they needed to get out of there to like go play a game. Nice. I was like, oh, a game of pickup. And they were like, you're not invited. <laughs> but then I said, I'll see you at your party tomorrow night. And you and I are going to go to their party after we record this. Yeah. And maybe say hi. So it was definitely like, I feel like the whole thing, I I, I hope that it it was kind of what everyone wanted because it felt sort of like chaotic comedy in the perfect way, yeah, you know, with the dogs and the weird side gate and my landlady's funny porch with packages and um, and these two guys clearly, I think, too, being at the end of their day, they were both like stoned and they wanted to go play basketball. And I don't know, it, it felt like a, a, a crazy moment. And I, I threw it on my socials and then got so much feedback immediately. And I was like, of course, I wasn't even really thinking of like I didn't accurately even sort of let it sink in in the moment. Because I was I was shaking. Right. You know, it felt yeah. surreal. Yeah. I'm sure it was like when you met Snoop. Yep. That kind of level of like, oh, this is happening. Like, it's so fucking it's it's a crazy thing. I mean, Woody Harrelson, for me, his whole career has been a part of my whole life. But especially like he was in um, Natural Born Killers. I saw that when I was a teenager and then the people versus Larry Flint. I also saw when I was a teenager and like he, his work as a fucking actor, as an iconic fucking character actor, 
amazing fucking comedian. And then my whole life also, he's just been this wild activist and really standing up for environmental causes. And I've just always really admired him as an outspoken cannabis activist. And it just felt crazy to have him standing there lighting this joint being like, it's a joint named after him from his dispensary and he's sparking it on my porch. That's so cool. And then how does that tie into the rest of your Sunday after that? Like I would go to bed. I'd be like, well, it was, it's been, it's been good, but it's not going to get better than this. I'm out. I fully had planned to go in and paint the second half of my dining room. (laughs) And instead I went to the dog park with Joel and we smoked another joint. Oh, there's the, there's a picture that I put on social media of me holding the woods. I tried to. Nice picture. Yeah. Thanks. Uh, and there's, there's a pic of Joel with Woody and Bill and Falcor made it into the picture, but Archie was sitting on a cameraman. <laughs> Protecting you. I could, oh my God. It was fucking awesome. And Joel really did save the day. He like got that lighter, he wrangled the dogs and everything. And then we went to the dog park and, um, I was pretty fucking baked after smoking the Woody. Yeah. And so we went to the dog park and we let Falcor and Archie run around. And then we went and had ramen. Cause I was like, I'm not going to go home and paint anymore. No way. I need some nudes. So we went and got some tasteful nudes. Can this be our creamed corner? This is definitely our cream corner. This is some of the best ramen in the city. If, if you went to the place, I think you went. We went to Tatsu. Yeah. The best, the and, best. Well, it was funny because Joel has just come back from his travels. He's been all over the place and he like sampled the best ramen in the world mm-hmm. at a bunch of night markets in like Taiwan and Japan and all over the place. And he rated this pretty high. He was like, this, this is pretty fucking good. And, uh, it was a great slurp after, and you know, we like had smoked another joint on the way from the dog park to ramen. It was the most satisfying stone slurp. Also to be with a friend that you can eat ramen with. That's a friend. It is. That is a private meal at times. That is not a date food. No, you don't eat ramen in front of someone that you're like trying to date. I don't think. (laughs) Well, I mean, uh, unless you just are like eating it in a sexy way, which is like the slurp, I guess the slurp factor could be sexy. I don't know because, uh, I, I always want to go for it with ramen because I want to, if yeah. I do ever have the opportunity to go to any, um, anywhere where like ramen is like a national food, like I'm not sure like if that would be Taiwan or Japan or whatever, but I know they all do like heavy slurping over there. Mm-hmm. So when I eat it, I'm consciously trying to do big slurps because I want to do it the way that way when I go over there, I don't stick out too much like a sore thumb right but i don't know that i actually want to do that in front of people in america those big slurps right so i want to go for it but i don't know how many people i'd actually feel comfortable going for it in front of yeah and i guess the whole thing is like if you're trying like the thing about being a woman and dating in this country is that like there's a few different kinds of dudes right and obviously there's the kind of guy who would just like love to see you tuck into a bowl of ramen and there's nothing hotter than that but when i have been dating in my life the societal pressure that i have always felt is to be concerned about the way i look when i'm eating like i love finding people who want to tuck into stuff with me i love like eating and just fucking going ham on a bowl of ramen or hot pot or whatever with you know you or joel or friends or you know yeah and not worrying about what i look like but if i'm on a date and trying to be like cute and sexy Slurping noodles, I'm I'm going to feel nervous that uh, I'm going to be judged for that somehow. Absolutely. For sure. Because there's nothing funnier than when you do a big slurp and as that noodle flies into your mouth, like you get like the remnants of the sauce, like all the way totally. down from your forehead to the bridge of your nose. Yeah. You've got some green onion on your eyebrow or whatever. <laughs> it's like the Balrog in the Lord of the Rings when he's like falling into the abyss and then Gandalf is like hanging onto the thing and then the whip comes up. Do you remember that? Yeah. The fire whip and it lashes him and pulls him down into the abyss. <laughs> 
It's like that, but ramen. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Which, oh, I do, if we're going to talk about sexy eating and not sexy eating. Yeah, Joel and I were, I just to clarify, yeah. not sexy eating. Tucking in. All the slurps. All the yes. slurps. I nice. mean, that would be really weird if I, we had done sexy eating and then... I was trying to talk about that on here. The uh, my new TikTok. I'm just moving on. Uh, <laughs> Joel, <laughs> Joel, I'm sweating. <laughs> my new favorite uh, TikTok is two girls, one bottle. Okay. And it is. I don't know where they're from, but they're these like super hot, put together women with long, long fingernails. <gasps> and one of them is like eating fried chicken in a KFC, and the other one is making a boozy alcoholic mixed drink. And they don't say anything, and they just like look at the camera. And I am obsessed with it i've seen it you have i have you just rang all the bells so fucking funny all of that fucking tiktok content with the weird like hot cheeto girl you introduced yeah, me to hot, I didn't cheeto know the girl great. hot cheeto girl's amazing there's another girl that i just started following cannot remember her name but she just does like clicky nails and makeup while she just says funny truths yes fucking great but the no talking just making a drink in mcdonald's with clicky nails yeah hot. like it almost to me feels like a psyop from china like it feels like this weird propaganda scientific building like i wouldn't be surprised if somehow that is like a front for some kind <laughs> of like communist nation oh you and think hot cheeto girl is a front yo i don't know it's just like so perfect art man it's art maybe it's just i'm yeah i mm -hmm. can't appreciate art as art i need it to well not have on an agenda yeah, well, I mean, I think you're right to be like definitely skeptical about anything that's popping up because I just had someone accuse me of being a paid influencer on the sandwich stuff. And I was like, bro, get a fucking grip. I'm making these sandwich videos because I care about issues that affect me and 50% of the population. And I'm talking about sexism, sexism and misogyny while making sandwiches. That's it. I'm not paid to do this. And he was like, forgive me, but Biden just announced that they're hiring a shit ton of influencers ahead of the next election. And that's just how my brain works. Yeah. And I was like, Point taken. Yep. Yeah. Definitely good to be skeptical of anyone you see on any of those apps. Absolutely. Yeah. But in your case, and in the case of Two Girls, One Bottle. We're pure. Pure art. Pure. Pure's the driven snow. Sandwiches are art, baby. <laughs> pure art. All right. What are we looking at here? Buds of the week. Oh, these are our buds of the week. Are we there? If we want to be. Yeah, I think we are. Okay. Yeah, we're, in, we're into this one. Uh, my bud of the week this week. Mm -hmm. You might hate him. You might love him. Corey. David at fake Corey David is his Instagram. This is us um, right after co-headlining at Church of Cannabis Look on Mother's fit. Day. Uh, that fit is a collab between this local Denver clothing company and Coca-Cola. And he and uh, his girlfriend, Sarah, can both wear that. And so they're like almost like sharing weeks of who gets to wear the new fit because it looks so banging on both of them. Love it. And uh, everywhere we went, every show we did. Um, he crushed. And then afterwards, everyone was like, where did you get that? Where did you get that fit? Because it's so sick. Sick. Yeah. And also, he's like, a, he let me borrow his bike. This is very funny. Um, let me just make sure uh, that I got his Instagram right. And then I will tell you about when I almost fell off a bike, which is funny because, yep, fake Corey David, Corey with a K, fake Corey David. Corey, and it's an EY, right? Yeah, Corey EY. Okay. Um, and so... I the night before I did my joke about Biden falling off the bike <laughs> oh, great. and how it's parked mm -hmm. and he's really into outdoor skateboarding um his bike 
that he let me borrow is like four thousand dollars because it's the kind of thing where you go up into the mountains and then you can like cut through the terrain and it has like shocks on each side and he's like so use that one while we go around the park and i'll use the other one i'm like cool cool for your soft hands for my bitch ass body yeah yeah and uh and and he's like riding it everywhere and it has like these big thick tires and (laughs) right when i try to get on it in front of his house next to next to his house is this gardening crew weed whacking raking and mowing the lawn and they look at us and he hops on the bike he does like a little bunny hop on and off the curb he's like real steady with it and i just tried to put my leg over the bike and i go whoa 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 and i almost (laughs) ate shit and he was like dude you can't be doing biden jokes when you can't even get on the bike to ride it (laughs) at least he rode it and then tried to get off and i i almost like ate shit on his 4k or his four grand bike before i even fucking pedaled a moment (laughs) it was very funny yeah it was really funny funny. wow (laughs) so anyway that's my butt of the week at fake Corey david let him know what your take is on hot dogs yo and i hope he comes to la sometime yeah uh my butt of the week is our friend michael walker seen here in um a slimer suit i don't know what the fuck he was doing probably doing something for comfy pop or was this just halloween who knows he's a fun guy (laughs) (laughs) um Michael's fucking awesome friend. Like we said, Comfy Pup is the greatest pop-up in LA doing Chicago-style hot dogs and other amazing food that I love. That schnitzel sandwich to die for. Yeah. Uh, he also just recently did a fucking pizza collab. Tavern-style pizza. Sold yeah. out. I think it sold out in an hour. Less. 40 minutes, I believe. Wow. Because uh, I was just chatting with him because he uh, is going to help out with some uh, t-shirt designs for the sandwich series. We're going to have a couple of teas that we're going to sell with some proceeds going to uh, a charity team. TBD, but probably one of the um, abortion rights, reproductive rights charities. And uh, yeah, he's just fucking awesome. And also he's helping uh, me build. He's building and then he's going to help me figure out how to use chat GPT as a sandwich generator because I would love to have better, bigger ideas for cooler sandwiches. And I've kind of got my go to's and I've kind of run through them. And we were chatting when the three of us went to see Bo is Afraid together. Yeah. And he was talking about how he uses ChatGPT for a bunch of different stuff. For recipe development and things like that, huh? Yeah. And I was like, oh, my God, I wonder if I could figure it out for sandwiches. And he was like, I will help build you one. And it's going to be like I'm going to be able to just plug in prompts uh, for like what I have in my pantry. And, you know, like maybe if I want some more plant based sandwiches this week or if like have specific topics that would be tied to specific recipes or ingredients and I'm going to have a chat GPT sandwich generator. So I'm going to try and embrace the AI, not run from it screaming like I want to do. Right. And build some cool sandwiches and also have some T-shirts that I'll be able to talk about uh, hopefully in the next like week or so. That would be awesome. Yeah. Very cool. So that's Michael Walker. And he's at Michael Walker with uh, extra R's. I'll put the link in the show notes so you can follow him and follow Comfy Pup and all the cool shit he does. He's also just like a badass wonderful human being yeah he is and he and ellen are getting married so shout out to both of them for love (laughs) for love this has been a really fun up yeah good time i missed you mike yeah same same oh uh well we'll talk about it next week what other things what um roy Choi. oh um, jesus christ was like the other it was such it was a book a weekend book ended by like amazing fucking high profile people in the cannabis world uh chef roy Choi has developed a line of flavors for our favorite sumo snacks and they did a launch party at medmen and uh, i went and um said hey for both of us nice and it was so nice to say hello in person he was like weed and grub because we had him on the pod when he was um doing his second season of broken bread he's gonna come back on the pod uh in person hopefully so we gotta make that happen and um it was just like sumo are doing 
such great collaborations with the best people and their flavors are out of this world. I'm wearing their hat right now uh, for this latest line. It says, I'm a space cadet and they're delicious and amazing people just behind the whole brand and company. And I think they've um, just like really got a lock on like what's like needed in the kind of edibles world, like yeah. a delicious line of savory snackables that are shareable. They're coming in kind of like party size bags. So you can just, you know, put them out at a picnic or take a whole bag to the movies. Nice. Not an ad for them. I just love them. I do too. Mm -hmm. And also I, if I, I truly trust anything that like a chef like Roy Choi is going to put his name behind and celebrate and work with, I think yeah. the standard has to be fucking high. Yo. You know? He does not mess with anything that he doesn't believe in. No. Like yeah. Best Friend Vegas, great restaurant. Mm -hmm. Kogi Truck, amazing. Oh, and that was the best. They had the Kogi Truck out front. So you got to go in, say hi to chef. I got a little swag bag and then I got a ticket to go out and I got a free Kogi Taco. Oh my God. I got God. the short rib. It was, I, again, not something to eat in front of someone you're trying to impress. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, I was talking to someone who I hope didn't care because I housed that shit like a animal. <laughs> this is great to know. I'm I'm like I'm in Denver and I'm yelling about toasted bread. Meanwhile, you're like slurping ramen and eating Kogi trucks just and just going my face like, and hanging it with celebs. I hope no one's looking at me. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. Well, yeah, I do. I really hope he comes back on the pod. Yes. and we can all hang and smoke and talk food. That would we be really set nice it up for sure. Cool. Um, anything else? I think that's it. Uh, thank you to Alex for shepherding us through this episode. Uh, producer Mark is, uh, out of the office doing other fancy fun stuff. I don't know. I think this was a great episode. Alex. Yeah. You're in. You're in. Mark. <laughs> Gold. Sorry, buddy. Demoted. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Uh, follow us at Weed and Grub on Instagram, YouTube. Email us at WG at Weed and Grub .com with pictures, requests, all that kind of stuff. Uh, if you want to send us uh, snail mail, Mike said his uh, full address on the pod a week ago, I think. One or two weeks ago. Okay. Full address, including apartment number. You can send snail mail that away. You can also follow us uh, on Twitch. We're live streaming our apps nowadays. Um, is that it? Is that everything? Uh oh, TikTok at Mike and Mary Jane. Mike and Mary Jane. Our our Vegas hack Yo. video just hit 1.1 million views. That's crazy. And it is a split in the comments between uh handing the hotel person in Vegas $20 does get you a room upgrade. Mm -hmm. And then everyone else is like, that doesn't work. It's never worked. You're all liars. It's bullshit. It's a very 50-50 split, but 1.1 million views on TikTok, that ain't bad. That ain't bad. So going there you viral. Go. Yeah. All right. Well, um, I'm stoked to hang out next week because uh, this is my favorite part of the week. So same, same. Uh, thank you all for listening. I guess we've got to go hang out with uh, Woody and Roy and Bill and yo, ugh. what a drag. <laughs> <laughs> ew, ew. ew. So fun. Bye, everyone. Bye.